0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast.
1: Goodbye baseball. A walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive. This game is over goodbye baseball! Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth
2: inning! Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Great to talk to you. We haven't spoken since, I guess, Friday of last week, so a lot has happened since then. We have a lot to break down. We have a ton to get to. We're going to hear from Perry Hill coming up. Shannon Dreyer a chance to sit down with... The Mariners coach and field coach. A lot to talk about there. Also coming up on the podcast, we're going to hear from Matt Hicks, one of our favorites. He's a Rangers broadcaster. Hard to believe, but the Rangers are moving into a new place next year. Their current one opened in 94. He got a tour of that place, so he's going to tell us about that. And a very, <laughs> very funny story along the way that I think you'll enjoy. So that comes up. We have a lot of game to break down too as the Mariners over the weekend faced the Twins, the red hot Minnesota Twins and they blasted the M's through three games winning 11 to 6 last Thursday 7 to 1 after that and then 18 to 4 on Saturday as the Mariners limped into the finale on Sunday looking to salvage a finale and very good game on Sunday Kikuchi was very impressive.
1: 3-2 pitch, and it's strike three called. Yusei Kikuchi striking out Adrianza, looking at strike three. Four strikeouts for Kikuchi, and that's it for Minnesota here in the top of the fourth. What a start for Yusei.
2: He was excellent. Six innings of one-run ball, slowing down the mighty twins. Unfortunately, he's been the outlier this time through the rotation, this turn through the rotation, including the game yesterday, which we'll get to. Uh, Mariners played some long ball in that game as well Vogelback stays hot.
1: Here's the 2-1 to Vogelback. Swing and a drive into straightaway center field. Buxton going back to the warning track, to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Daniel Vogelback unties it. His 13th home run of the season to the right of the batter's eye, right center field. Back-to-back home runs by Mitch Haniger and Daniel Vogelback And the Mariners have taken over the lead. Four to three over the Twins here in the bottom of the fifth. Bogey rides it out of here.
2: Seven to four one against Minnesota. So the Mariners go into the game last night against the Rangers looking to well, put a couple wins together in a row, but didn't happen as Mike Leake got hit hard early. He gives up seven earned in five innings, eleven hits, a seven nothing lead for the Rangers. At one point in the ball game yesterday, a five spot in the first, two in the fourth. Mariners slowly would start to make their way back. And what helped was one swing of the bat by Beckham.
1: Miller ready from the stretch and the pitch on the way. Beckham with a swing and a fly ball deep to left field. Chu going back, looking up. Get out the right bread and mustard, Grandma. It is grand salami time. Tim Beckham with a grand slam here in the top of the eighth inning. Holy smokes, his ninth home run of the season. It scores Encarnacion, Santana, and Vogelback in front of him. And now it's the Rangers 10 and the Mariners 6. How about
2: that? And with one more swing, the Mariners got to within one.
1: The stretch and the 3-1 pitch. The bogey swinging a drive deep to right field. Going, going, goodbye baseball. It's a one-run ball game. Daniel Vogelback. With a line drive home run into the lower deck in right field. And it's now the Rangers 10 and the Mariners 9. Daniel Vogelback hit a screaming Mimi into the lower deck in right field. And for Vogelback his 14th home run of the year, the Mariners were down 10 to 2. They now trail by 1. It is a 10 to 9 ball game
2: seven runs in the last two innings, but not enough. 10 to nine. The Rangers get the win in game one of this series. Here's Scott service.
3: Yeah, no, our guys didn't quit uh, battling o- offensively. It's crazy. This ballpark with the wind blowing the way it is. It plays very small. So you are never really out of the game, but, uh, you know, they jumped out early. Um, you know, they're very aggressive, uh, early account first pitch. They, you know, they jumped on, on Mike there in the first inning and, uh, you know, we just didn't get enough going early in the game. A lot minors threw the ball really well. Uh, but, you know, we, we got back in it against their bullpen, just not quite enough. With league them being so aggressive with the first pitch swing, is that something because know that he's in the zone a lot or something they tried to do differently against him tonight? Oh, that's just who they are. The, the Rangers swing the bat. Uh, they're very aggressive. they got a, young, a lot of young guys up there looking for their pitch. And, and oh Mike got some, some balls probably you know, where he wanted them uh, early in counts, and then they took advantage of it. What
4: was that that Liner was doing? That's two in a row where he's really – no, situation.
3: he's having. Yeah, he's he's really hit four pitches. He got four pitches working. Um, he's throwing them all out of the same, you know, tunnel, and and, and you know the change is very effective. Some good sliders down and into the the right-handed hitters. Got some curveballs in there. So you got four like really good pitches, and he's mixing them the way he is, uh, very effective. You know, I say all that, and we, you know we uh, he was able to only get through six, and we kind of had him on, on the edge there on the, uh, the six a little bit, but he threw the ball really well. Could see Beckham warm up a little bit. here. Yeah, Tim. Tim had a nice night, a big grand slam, kind of got us got us back into the game, uh, which is good to see. And then uh, be great, you know. He was so uh, hot early in the season, um, and nice to see his bat get warmed up again. You had moved him around. I mean, he's seem to be handling that pretty well. Yeah, he's played some third base, you know, uh, and I get Baltimore and a little bit in Tampa uh, before getting here. So um, I think he's he's okay over there, um, you know and. Continue to, to get his bad in the lineup. You know, Healy came out tonight a, a low back strain, so we'll see how he is tomorrow. So the uh, add on runs kind
0: of hurt you, too, as well. For, you, know, you give up a couple more runs late there because you score nine runs. You know.
3: Game like oh yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, and like I said, in this ballpark where the wind's blowing, um, you know, the ball gets in the air, you know, so it's gonna get out of here uh, in a hurry. But um, you know, Pence jumped on the, the homer there, and then Gallo, another one uh, for him. So yeah, those runs, you know, uh, looking at them, you hate to give them up. But they do come back and bite you in games like this when you do put nine up there. But offensively, you know, guys kept swinging the bat, but Bogey obviously crushed that ball. Um, there, the, the home run in the ninth, good to see there. So. Um, We'll get back at them tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of runs scored this series.
2: There will be, especially if the conditions play the same they did last night. It was ridiculous in terms of wins. So we'll see if we see the Gale Forest wins again tonight. Tommy Malone will get called up to take the start for the M's. Lance Lynn will go 5.05 first pitch. And then Wednesday, 11.05, Marco Gonzalez will get the ball. Thursday, it's off then to Oakland for the weekend and then back home for a nice long road trip. Right now we're going to hand things over to Shannon Dreyer. chance to sit down with Perry Hill.
4: Shannon Dreyer in the dugout here in Arlington, Texas, catching up with Perry Hill. And I had a couple of different reasons I wanted to talk to you today, but you are, you're one of the Texans uh, on the squad. You grew up here. How did you fall in love with baseball growing up 30 minutes away from here?
0: Well, I am from a... Sp- Small town, Hearst, Texas, about 30 minutes away. And growing up, uh, this was the double-A home of the Baltimore Orioles. So you could come over to the park for 50 cents at that way back when for 50 cents and and watch a double-A baseball game. And I remember watching uh, Junior Kennedy, uh, Doug DeCensei, Bobby Gritch as they were coming up through the Baltimore Orioles system.
4: Fantastic. Hey, yesterday, I think it was a revelation for some. It's something that I've been watching quite a bit and have a great appreciation for. But your first baseman, Edwin Encarnacion, had a game. Uh, Three remarkable plays. One we've seen a bit, the the, the stretch for the ball and keep a foot on the bag, the dive in front of second base, and then the catch in foul territory. What stood out most to you, or have I missed it completely?
0: No, you haven't. (laughs) Well, it's not new to us because Eddie's a pro. I mean, he's got 15 years in this league. Uh, he's got great instincts. He's a step ahead all the time. He knows the situation. For instance, that pop-up you talked about where he dove, he knew based on where everybody else was was uh, positioned, he was the only guy that had a sh- shot for that ball. So when that ball was hit, he immediately broke, and he was the only one that could have caught that ball, which he did. So Eddie's a, a great player. He's a uh, he, he's. uh has such tremendous baseball instincts and he's a presence in our clubhouse and everybody loves him. No, it didn't surprise me at all.
4: He's actually a quiet guy with the media. He doesn't, that's just fine. There, there's no problem with that. You hear teammates talk about him, but what don't we know about him? What do you guys see in that clubhouse?
0: Well, he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times he's a, kind of a, a laid back private person and uh, which is good. That's Eddie, but uh, in the clubhouse, uh, he's uh, commands respect. I mean, he's played 15 years in this league. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's getting close to 400 home runs. Uh, and you just don't play that long unless there's something special about you.
4: On the younger end of the spectrum, the shortstop, J.P. Crawford. I know a lot of work went in even before spring training. Then you have spring training. Then you got to let him go. What is that like in that time, and what do you see when he gets back?
0: Well, he's been a great student. Uh, We met uh, before spring training in January uh, in Peoria. Spent about three or four days together, and then, of course, in spring training. And uh, He's a great talent. I mean, he's got what you look for in a shortstop. He's long. He's lean. He's got a... He's got uh, a good first step. He's got a strong arm. Uh, He's got a level head. He's the same guy every day. And those are qualities that are going to make him successful.
4: The level head the same every day is something that you don't know until you get them in front of you. How has that impressed you? Well,
0: I've only seen him three or four games in a regular uh, setting here, but in spring training and the workouts, uh, I have a history of uh, kind of uh, being hard or abusing players at times. (laughs) You can talk to Ryan Healy about that one, but... (laughs) Um, uh, through it all he remained calm uh, collected Uh, same guy every day he knew he had certain things to work on and get better and and he's done that
4: I'm sure Ryan Healy asked for the abuse
0: he deserves it
4: How much can a player improve at the big league level,
0: and what are the challenges to continuing to improve here? Well, it's tough to, to learn a new position or, or play a new position or a, a position you haven't played in years while actually performing at the big league level because you get exposed sometimes. And um, you know, that's happened, but it happens to every team, just not us. But the, the, the good thing about this group of guys is not once have they said, oh, woe is me, uh, it's not fair. Uh, they've embraced it. And and as their their careers go on, showing that they can do multiple things is going to help them in the long run.
4: Is that something you have to tell them, or is that something that they understand?
0: Well, these are a great group of kids. We had talked before, and I said that the attitudes here and the work ethic is unparalleled. I mean, these guys, when I have them come out at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, you know, there's never any grumbling. You know, they they know they want to get better. Uh, Some of them are learning new positions or forced into positions because of injury. And uh, they're conscientious. They want to do good
4: got about 30 seconds left, Perry. I understand you've got something for me. Yes.
0: Uh, uh, first of all, we appreciate you and all you do. You're a very knowledgeable baseball person. You're fair. Uh, you may get honest when we deserve it, but when we do something right, you're very fair. And we as players and coaches appreciate the media uh, that are knowledgeable and, and fans just like we are the game. So we very much appreciate you and what you do.
4: That is much appreciated, and if you ever have to get after me, you can get after me, too. I can take it.
0: I spare (laughs) no one.
2: Thank you. Now it's time for one of our favorites, Rangers broadcaster, Matt Hicks.
4: Shannon Dreyer now joined by Rick Riz, Aaron Goldsmith, and our special guest, Matt Hicks, from the opposing radio booth. We do like to bring them in when we can, and you, Matt, had an interesting day today.
5: Yeah, I, I always have an interesting day. Any day that I get to meet Aaron Goldsmith, it's an interesting day. That's well, my last we name we too, know huh?
4: how that is. <laughs> I feel no, the
5: same way, Matty. We, yeah, we had, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, go over and take a tour of the new Globe Life Field, which you can actually see the cranes as we're looking out down the right field line here. And at uh, the start of the season, there was one crane, and now there's about eight over there, so there is so much that's going on uh, at that uh, new facility, and uh, we're going to open in 2020. And, and when you walk over there now, you go, "Man, how is that going to happen?" <laughs> 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 but but it is going to happen, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And it was just announced just a, a few days ago that the first game that is going to be played there will be an exhibition game. Uh, the 2020 season starts for everybody either on a Thursday or a Friday, I think, next year, kind of like it's been in the last couple of years. And then Monday we will play an exhibition game against the St. Louis Cardinals, and that will be the first game in that facility. So,
4: well, I think the Mariners, their first game in Safeco was an exhibition, I believe, Rick, against yeah. the Cardinals. Do you remember Mark McGuire being there?
5: That was one of yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, I Upper think Bulls? the University there- of Washington, I think played an exhibition game in there to get things tested out and ironed out to get a feel for the field but uh, this this ballpark here globe Life park is not that old it opened up in no. 1994 what's yeah. going to happen with this ballpark manny
5: well the, the best uh, and the biggest feature of the new ballpark is the retractable roof so you know similar what you guys have in seattle except that this will be an enclosed facility so it can be air conditioned and i think You know, they wanted that retractable roof more for temperature control than anything else. I mean, we've had some some big rains here the other day. Saturday, our game with St. Louis was delayed over two hours because of some torrential rains that came through. So that'll obviously help with that. But I think more than anything, for a good three- to four-month chunk of the season... You know, we've got temperatures in here, 90, 95, 100 degrees, and so to be able to close that roof and yeah. control the temperature and know you're going to play one, and two, you're going to play in 72-degree weather, uh, will just be it'll be huge for the ball club, but I think it, it will be uh, really advantageous for the fans, knowing that they can come, because we have a lot of fans here in the Metroplex that drive an hour away, two hours away to come see a game, and when you invest that kind of time and that kind of effort, to get to the ballpark and then the game gets delayed or postponed, then that can really throw a kibosh into your plans. So, Bob Stoops is going to be roaming, roaming the
1: sidelines at Globe Life Park where we are right now?
5: He he will be. Bob Stoops has been named as the head coach of Dallas's entry in the XFL, and this is where they're going to play their games. Mm. And, and so, you will be the voice of the XFL and, team. Uh, well, no, I've, I've not uh, put my name in the hopper. I don't know <laughs> as though anybody uh, has uh, thought about that yet. Yeah, maybe they have. Bob I don't I made know. You. But. Uh, No, uh, I don't think I'm interested in doing football.
4: What's the signature feature going to be of this ballpark?
5: As far as the playing surface goes and the outfield wall, we really don't know yet. We keep asking, what are the dimensions going to be of the new ballpark? And they don't know, so they haven't told us yet. And as as you watch the... Um, all of the equipment over there today, they're, they're digging out the dugouts so today. The, the first base dugout was actually being dug out uh, today. <laughs> That's how that happens. We got to, we got to watch that. Um, but they don't know what the dimensions are going to be. I don't think it's going to the outfield wall will have the nooks and crannies that we have here, the different dimensions, the fact that it's very asymmetric right now. I think the new ballpark probably will have a little more symmetry uh, to the outfield wall. But I overheard a conversation over there. They, they're not even sure what the wall heights are going to be. Mm. So there's some things ah. that still have to be decided sure. there. But the one thing that I think will stand out about Globe Life Field that will be different from a lot of ballparks is how much the sections, uh, the angle of the sections is going to be steeper. So, mm-hmm. you know, right now you look at our upper deck, that's like a 45-degree angle, which is pretty steep. Is I think steep. it's a new ballpark. I think it's 50 or 55 degrees. So you're not going to have anybody. The, the person seated in front of you like is target going to be field. at your feet. Like target field and right, right field. field. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're, you're going to have that sharp, sharper to get up there. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then everything is going to be on top of everything else. So they're actually—here we have three different— Levels of seating, and at the new ballpark, there will be seven levels of seating, and they're kind of stacked one on top of the other, so that even if you're in the upper deck, in the uppermost reaches of the new facility, you're closer to the field than you will than you are here. Wow! Yeah,
1: we got so many things right at at T-Mobile Park, and one of them was the broadcast area for radio and television. A lot of new ballparks. The radio and TV booths are way up high. Where are you guys going to be at the new ballpark?
5: So that's where we were today. We were standing on that level. So there's seven levels. The, the broadcast booths will be on the sixth level. So there's only one level above you. So we're higher than we are here, but we're actually closer in terms of distance to home play.
2: Rangers radio broadcaster Matt Hicks is our guest on the roundtable. And, Matt, before we let you go, since we did bring up football, please, please... Tell one of my favorite stories of one of your first high school football broadcasts uh, in Maryland.
5: The, the one where I forgot my name, that one? No, that's the one. That's the one? How
2: would you know that's the one I was talking so, about? So, <laughs>
5: yeah. So I got uh, my first job in college. was right out of the University of Maryland. It was at a small market radio station in Cambridge, Maryland, on Maryland's eastern shore. A little mom-and-pop AM and FM. And we made a big to-do about the high school football team. We had an hour-long pregame show for high school football, and <laughs> wow. the, the Cambridge South Dorchester Vikings were a big powerhouse on the eastern shore, uh, but it was the only high school in our county that had football, so any kid that wanted to play football came to that school. Anyway, we had a big pregame show, and I would open the pregame show, do a cold open. So the, whatever the programming was leading up to us, he would just come to me at the uh, football stadium, and I'd start talking. And so here we go on this, It's like the third game of the season. And I start getting into the open, and I'm driving the open home and just nailing it. I get about 30 seconds in, and at that point, I'm supposed to say, Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Cambridge South Dorchester football. I'm Matt Hicks. So what did I say? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Cambridge South Dorchester football. I'm... And at that point, you remember when... TV stations would sign off at night and everything would just go to snow. Uh. That's what my head was. It was just nothing but snow. I completely forgot my name. So I go, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Cambridge South Dorchester football. I'm... uh Mel Hicks. (laughs) 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 And I have no idea where that came from. And and you had to be Mel Hicks for the rest of the year now, right? Well, but my partner, the guy that was the play-by-play voice, uh, the, the guy that hired me for my first job, and he's working now in Harrisonburg, Virginia, is a good friend, Jim Britt. He's sitting there, and he hears me go, Mel Hicks, and he just starts guffaw laughter like you guys did. And so... That was 1984. To this day, Jim never calls me Matt. He only calls me Mel. Mel. So, anyway. (laughs) Thanks, Mel. He's the greatest. Well, Mel,
4: thanks for stopping by. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Mel. (laughs) Thanks. That is (laughs) madness.
5: (laughs) She almost said it. (laughs) Ah!
4: From the Rangers broadcast, I think he's got that sorted out. It's okay if I don't.